Sometimes I think we are conditioned to focus on being thankful just around Thanksgiving. Holidays and decorations remind us to take the time to say what we are thankful for. But just imagine if we were conditioned to be thankful every day. And what would happen if we could help young people develop that outlook on life? Wouldn't that be a game changer? Today we are focusing on modeling thankfulness. So let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. I know you make choices about how you spend your time, and I am thankful that you're willing to join me each week to talk about youth development, youth ministry, and growing skills to best engage young people. It's November as I record, and we are in the beginning of the fall and winter holiday season. In episode 35, I shared some strategies on helping young people prepare for the holidays. And today, I am focusing on ways we as caring adults and youth workers can model thankfulness. Just the other day, I was reminded of something I did as an elementary-aged kid, and you might have a similar memory. Did you ever make a turkey as a kid by tracing your own hand? Then you wrote on each finger or feather what you were thankful for? I remember doing that in both school and in Sunday school. As kids get older, they outgrow this craft. And as our lives get busier, we sometimes forget to slow down enough to truly be thankful for God and all that He has done and is doing in our lives. Early on in my own life, I learned what thankfulness was about without even fully realizing it at the time. I grew up in a loving home and was taught to use please and thank you. I was raised in a church and encouraged to find my faith in God. But honestly, it wasn't until I hit my college and young adult years that I realized the gift I had been given in truly being thankful for God's presence and gifts in my life. I promise I am getting to the strategies that we can use to model thankfulness but I need to give you a little bit of a backstory so you can understand why I believe being thankful is so important. My dad was the most amazing model of thankfulness, and he just radiated that outward. This year marks the third anniversary of his death. As we enter November, things just become more emotional for me as we hit all the anniversaries of his final days and our first holidays without him. Even in his final moments, my dad continued to teach me about thankfulness. My dad grew up on a farm with five brothers and one sister. They were a hardworking, Catholic, Midwestern family. He grew up in the church and was even in the seminary at one point. My dad had his own period of life where he experienced rebellion, but God found him and pulled him out of his pit. He began to see the world in a way where he could find God and find God's blessings, even in the hard moments. As a child, I watched my dad bury his parents and a sibling. I remember his sadness, but I also remember seeing him turn to God and finding joy and blessing in those very hard moments. This pattern of finding joy and blessings in hard moments continued for my dad, and I was able to witness and understand it better as I got older. As we faced struggles in our own family, when my brother was in the Gulf War and then in Afghanistan, my dad chose to turn to God. 
When my mom's health was bad, my dad continued to be thankful, even in the hard and worrisome times. And when my dad's cancer battles came, he was still the man who followed after God's heart. He was who God made him to be. He would always praise God and count his blessings. He would be thankful for everything that God had given him. In fact, when people asked how my dad was, he would always say, fantastic. You see, his day, his moment, his attitude was fantastic because his eyes were on Jesus. He genuinely meant that he was doing fantastic even in the middle of challenging moments. This is something that I have learned and something that I am lucky to say is so entrenched in me. The ability to praise God in the hard times and be thankful for all that God does for me, within me, and through me is truly the legacy I want to leave in my world. Being able to live in a way that acknowledges God's love for me and all the blessings helps me walk through life with my eyes on Jesus. And that's what I want for our young people too. So the question then becomes for me, how do we help young people find a sense of thankfulness in all the moments of their life? Where do we begin? Strategy number one, foster a mind shift. Sometimes we have to work towards a mind shift with our young people. We have to paint a picture of a different way of looking at things, hearing things, and processing things. Young people may only have seen things done in one certain way in their home or in groups that they're a part of. But as a youth worker, we have an opportunity to help create a mind shift. For example, one thing that I have noticed is that many young people can have a difficult time coming up with something that they're thankful for. One year, as I was leading a group of sixth grade girls at church, my co-leader had one way that she always started our small group. This group of girls that we worked with came from a mix of families. Some were church, some were only introduced to Jesus on Wednesday nights. Some attended church elsewhere on Sundays, but joined us on Wednesday. We had several girls in chaos and struggling with some personal issues. Different socioeconomic backgrounds also made up our group. Despite all the differences, my co-leader found something that we could all have in common. Each week, she would ask the girls to name a sugar or a booger. The sugar were the good things that had happened to you that week, and the boogers were the bad things or the less than great things that had happened to you that week. As we did this weekly, one of the things I noticed is that a pattern was emerging for one young girl. And as a youth worker, that is one of the things that we're always doing, right? We're watching for patterns of behaviors, reactions, and emotions. Well, this one young girl would only offer up a booger or a bad thing that happened to her week after week, while all the other girls had a better balance. I got to the point where I felt that we needed to help this young girl be able to start finding something positive, even in the crisis, even in her struggles. She needed a mind shift. She still needed to find hope, and she needed to find Jesus in the middle of the chaos. So I created a new rule for our group. You could list a booger but then you had to follow it up with a sugar. I shared with the young ladies that even in the middle of struggles or a terrible day, we needed to find something positive, something God gave you, a person that he sent into your life, a gift he sent you. Really, that was hard for that one young girl in particular. I would have to ask her questions that would help her prompt her and help her really try to figure out something good in her life. You see, with this young woman, we helped her to shift her mind to allow both negative and positive things to be an option. We helped her to realize that even in negative, hard, difficult moments, God is still there creating something positive, something good for her. 
I do want to say that I am not suggesting that we do not allow young people to name bad things in their lives. In fact, I know they need to. I am not saying that we need to minimize their feelings either. Rather, I am offering a balanced approach and a desire to plant a seed of hope when I work with young people. Just think about it. If a young person can only identify something negative in their life, what hope, what purpose do they have in being successful, in becoming who God wants them to be? If they don't have hope for good things, they become entrenched in the negative. A mind shift opens the possibility for both good and bad in their lives. It gives hope and it encourages the possibility of building a relationship with Jesus. As a youth worker, helping to foster an environment that allows for a mind shift that focuses on Jesus lays a foundation for thankfulness. Strategy number two, use intentional language. Intentional language is about being consistent in the words we use and how we use them. The language we use with young people matters. The words that we use matter but it also matters how we say the words. It's all about our intentionality. The way we talk about being thankful and can model that in our own lives matters to young people, whether they know it or not. One of the ways we can do this is by practicing thankfulness daily ourselves. We have to find our own blessings. We have to be looking for God in all of the moments of our lives in order to model that to young people. And we want to find joy in our days too, even our hard ones. If this is a struggle for you right now, that's okay. We are all in progress and we all go through different seasons of life. We need to remember that God is still working in all of us, but making a commitment to practice being thankful is a good place to start. The young people in my life, in fact, anyone in my life, would acknowledge that I am known for starting sentences with the phrase, I am so thankful for. For example, I tell youth all the time, I am so thankful for getting to see them. I am so thankful for getting to be able to spend time with them. The I am so thankful for is a part of my language. It's natural for me to use those words, and it doesn't come across as forced or not truthful. I'm not exactly sure when this became my pattern of language, but it is. Another phrase that I often say is one of the things that God blessed me with today is, then I list what God blessed me with. I am so quick to share with young people the ways that God has blessed me. I don't turn it into an interrogation of how has God blessed you? Part of the intentionality with my language is to always include Jesus in my daily life. And when I share that with young people, I am modeling that God does show up and that God does care even if things don't go as I desire. And my language is modeling what thankfulness looks like. Strategy number three, speak with authenticity. Another part of thankfulness is being authentic and genuine. When I speak to others, I only say what I mean and what is true for me. If I tell young people that I am happy to see them, it's because I truly am. If I tell young people that God blessed me with beautiful sunshine that day and that it changed my day, it was true. Young people tune into what we say. They listen not only for what we say and how we say something, but they are looking for authenticity. And trust me, they have an incredible instinct to know when we are not being authentic or genuine. In my experience, they are willing to call us on it because they desire that authenticity so much. And when I can be authentic and speak with authenticity, 
I am creating a way to connect with young people. Last week, I was reminded of what it looked like to be authentic as I was reading a blog post I had written several years ago as we went through my dad's final months. In that blog post, I shared what it was like to return to church for the first time after he had passed. Two days after my dad's funeral, we had youth group. This was the last night we would meet before the holiday break. Honestly, emotionally, I was still broken and raw. I was tired and sad. That night, I chose to go to church, although no one really expected me to or felt that I needed to be there. I wasn't my normal high-energy self that night. I was a little more reserved and a little more quiet. The girls in my group, they saw my brokenness, my sadness. They saw me hurting, but they also saw me show up for them that night. And they saw me turn to God in my hardest moments. God was giving me a way to love others when I was hurting, and I told the girls that I was thankful for that. I modeled for my group that even in moments of sadness, we can still seek the blessings of God. Now, counting blessings didn't mean my heart had healed. It didn't mean I wasn't broken any longer. It simply meant that I could still see the good things that God put in my life. Strategy number four, share a snapshot of your life. A fourth part of modeling thankfulness is giving young people a snapshot of your life. By that, I mean letting young people know that as adults, we too have struggles and we have hard moments. I'm not going to tell a young person every hard and difficult thing that I have lived through. I'm not going to share all these intimate details of those difficulties. There are boundaries that go with what we share, and we are going to do a series on boundaries and expectations in the new year. But for now, what I'm trying to get at is the fact that part of modeling thankfulness is also letting young people know that while we have struggles, we can also choose to find blessings in those moments. One time, I was co-teaching English to a 7th grade class. I had been in that classroom several times that year. There was one young woman who was on a behavior modification plan, and let's just say that she didn't plan to work for me that day, and she didn't trust me. I was floating throughout the classroom helping students work on their projects. This girl was sitting at a table with a few other students. I was asked by a student at the table about who was all in my family. I told her my husband, my three biological children, and that I had one foster son who had just returned home to his biological mom. The girl who didn't trust me turned and said, you foster? I shared a few appropriate details about it. And then when she asked me, is it hard for you that your son no longer lives in your house? I was honest. And even though I teared up a little bit, I talked about how much that being able to still love our foster son meant to me. From that moment on, I had earned her trust. This girl saw me differently because I shared a snapshot of my life that allowed her to see me in a new way. I don't want young people to think that I'm never sad, angry, stressed, etc. I experience all of those emotions and so much more. But part of who I am is someone that wants to find joy, even in those moments. And simply naming my blessings and what I am thankful for helps me to find joy. And no, it doesn't alleviate all of the other emotions I feel, but it does make me feel closer to God and feel his peace and his presence. And I make sure that I tell young people that. That last part, modeling that we can find blessings in our hard moments is a critical part of modeling thankfulness. When youth see that we look to Jesus even after bad or sad things happen, just as much as we celebrate him in the good moments, it gives them encouragement 
to do the same. Strategy number five, share God's word. If we are modeling thankfulness, one of the ways we do this is by also sharing God's word. I have several favorite verses I like to share with young people. I talk about how these verses have been a part of my life and my relationship with Jesus. I should tell you that I am not a Bible scholar. I can't recite full books of the Bible. I can't tell you Greek or Hebrew words and translations. I'm still studying, and I am always going to be a student of the Word. But there are Bible verses that I have leaned on, that I have clung to, have been given to by someone throughout different life stages. And I am always willing to share those verses with young people. I want to mention that I don't share these verses to make young people memorize them. I am all for Bible memorization in the right context and time. But when I am modeling thankfulness, I share these verses to model that I find comfort and hope in God's word. I share these verses to show young people that part of my desire to be thankful each day truly comes from Jesus. I also tell young people that part of my being thankful in life is because I have comfort in knowing that what I go through matters to God. Do I always understand why I go through certain things? No, but I know God has a bigger purpose for my life. Again, I model this in what I say and how I say it. Young people can't know how important Jesus is to me if I don't speak those words and then show them how much I turn to them. They can't know what the word of God looks like in my life unless I talk about it. Two of my favorite verses about thankfulness include 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is my life verse. It is something I selected as a new mom many years ago as part of a mops group, and let me say, it truly has become my life's mantra. It is God's whispered purpose and call to me, and I fully believe it is how my dad lived out his life. And I'm thankful that God has placed this verse in my life as well. This verse reminds me that God wants us to celebrate life, pray, and be thankful every day. Another verse I love is Psalm 86:12 in the ESV translation. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. I love that this verse invites us to give our whole heart, our thanks fully to God. It is a reminder for me that Jesus is waiting for me to turn to him and to choose him. And when I'm modeling thankfulness, I am choosing Jesus every day. As we wrap up this episode, I want to challenge you to find your own verses on thankfulness that mean something in your life. Maybe they're the same ones that I shared, or maybe God has led you to different verses. And then the second part of my challenge is for you to go share those verses with your young people. Make them a part of your mind shift, your intentional language, your authenticity, your snapshot of life. Intertwine those verses with those other strategies that we've talked about today. Use those verses to model thankfulness to the young people that you love and serve. Remember, when we can model thankfulness to youth, we're opening up the possibility for them to choose to see Jesus every day. Now, don't forget to join me next time on the Jesus is my hashtag podcast. Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 937 tells us, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and 
keep caring. <laughs>